When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the latest episode of View from the Bridge. I'm Sam Hill, making my debut on the podcast. Um, I'm here with Bobby Vincent. How are you, Bob? I'm good, Sam. How are you? Yeah, not too bad, mate. Not too bad. So I'm standing in for Scott Trotter, who's away on holiday at the moment. Um, so we're just going to be talking about a few things. Uh, reaction to the, the win against Bournemouth at last. Um, a few standout performers um, and what it means for Lampard and then a bit on Pochettino as well. Um, so we might as well start with Lampard's first win as caretaker boss. Um, you were at the game, Bob. So what did you think of the performance? What do you think it means going forward for Frank? Yeah, it was it was finally a um, semi-decent performance from Chelsea. It wasn't, it still wasn't what, um, you know, you'd expect from them, but it was a lot better. There were plenty of positives to take um, early on. They they had they were controlling the ball well and they had a lot of possession, um, but never really looked like penetrating Bournemouth. And they did, which sort of came out of nowhere with um, Conor Gallagher's header, which was a it was a fine goal. And then they sort of didn't kick on from there and allowed Bournemouth back into the game, like we've seen Chelsea do so many times this season. And uh, then you just sort of thought, okay, here we go again. Um, the fans were, you know, sort of, they were taking a mick a bit when they went 1-0 up and then as soon as it went to 1-0, it went a bit quiet and you could sort of tell that they knew that what was going to happen. But to be fair, Chelsea managed to get a foothold back in the game. Um, I thought that they had spells of possession, which they haven't had enough of recently. We've seen it earlier in the season under Graham Potter when, um, when he was in charge, but with a, with a lack of um, sort of end ball. And that wasn't really there on um, Saturday, but eventually they got their goals with um, Badia Shield from a good set piece. And that that's sort of how Chelsea were going to score if they were going to. And then um, at the end, Felix scored as well. So, yeah, it was a, it was a great three points for, for Chelsea and um, much needed for Frank Lampard. I think it's interesting now to see how they react to that because it's been so long since Chelsea have won that... I've almost forgotten sort of how, you know, like if they can build momentum on that or what's going to happen now, because it's just sort of uncharted territory. Yeah, I think it's a a step in the right direction. Um, I think it had to come eventually. Um, I didn't really see it coming against Bournemouth after their recent good form. Um, but I think a couple of the standouts were the changes that Frank made, bringing obviously Badiashili into defence he was quite impressive with his passing out from defence and and overall play up against Solanke, who's who's been in good form. Um, but Noni Madueke really stood out um, with his ability to take on players. Um, I just wanted to get your thoughts on his performance and and whether you think he can build on this into next season 
or if that he might still get chopped and change out of the starting lineup. Um, obviously, a goal against Arsenal and then a good performance against Bournemouth. Yeah, I thought he was really good. Um, it's been really good the last two games, but he really impressed me on Saturday because I think the wingers, Chelsea, um, Madueke and Mudrick, were really important. Madueke more so. Um, they made the pitch really big and Madueke would stand virtually on the touchline. He was first half, he was on the touchline near to where I was sat and I kept a close eye on him and he was up against Matthias Wiener who scored their goal. Um, but he found it really hard to deal with Madueke because he didn't know whether to go tight to him or back off him. And he most of the time he did back off him and allowed him to sort of get a head start on him. And then then he's got, you know, a bit of momentum going forward and he just passed him easily pretty much every time. And I think he's one of the best at doing that um, that I've seen in recent times, just taking on a player and making it look so easy. Um, Vina sort of didn't want to show him onto his left foot, which is understandable, but Madueke was more than happy to go onto his right and sort of find another find another route and to try and eventually get on his left foot. I think it was genuinely an amazing performance from him. It's just there was that lack of, you know, lack of end product, which has been the problem with most of Chelsea's attackers this year. And I, I guess that's, so he's only 21. I guess that's something that hopefully will come with time. Um, and then I think he has genuinely all the tools to become a really, really top winger. And I just hope he, I just hope he sort of keeps his place on the side now. Cause I think that was the first time he's, had back-to-back starts for Chelsea since coming in in January. Um, so I just hope that Lampard sort of sees how well he did play. He spoke about him well after the games, um, spoke about how well he did. And I hope, you know, he, he gets a start against Forrest on Saturday because I think between now and the end of the season, it's a real chance for him to potentially put himself into looking like Maurizio Pochettino's plans for um, next season. And yeah. Um, Badia Shield too you mentioned him I thought he was brilliant uh, against Solanke like you said in form and he's sort of, he's a real nuisance for centre-backs to come up against he's tall aggressive quick and Badia Shield was all of that as well and matched him up really well I thought he won most of his battles in the air um, and yeah his, his calmness on the ball for someone who's six foot four and his speed off it his agility is actually really impressive Um and yeah, I mean, a lot of Chelsea fans were crying out for him to start for weeks now, and he finally got a start. And I don't think it's a coincidence that that's come to Chelsea's first win as well. Of course, he scored, which you know you wouldn't associate with him, but yeah, I, 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 it was a top performance, um, even without the goal. I thought it defensively it was brilliant. Yeah, so I, I completely agree. I think Madueke and Badia Shield were the standout performers. I think obviously the issue with Fofana gave Badia Shield a chance. I know. Frank Lampard had spoken about in the week as well that he was close to making a start um, but I do think both of those have to start against Forrest um, I'm just wondering what your thoughts are and what it means for Lampard now um, sort of between now and the end of the season obviously there's been reports that he will assist in the handover to the next manager which looks like it will be Pochettino um, but it still is unclear whether an agreement's going to be made this week or anything like that. So um, I just wanted to sort of get your your view on the Lampard situation and what it means for his career moving forward, whether he might look sort of at another Premier League job if it comes his way um, or if he's shown enough that he even deserves that opportunity. Yeah, we were talking to um, Lampard last week at Cobham on Friday for his pre-match press conference and he was asked a similar question in terms of 
are you gonna are you gonna think carefully about your next job? Are you like are you gonna consider it beforehand because you've come into some difficult jobs? You of course um, took over Chelsea originally um, back in 2019, I think, when they had a transfer ban. Yeah, um, Aiden Hazard just left, and you know it was really difficult circumstances. And he, to be fair, he did a good job. Um, he eventually got sacked, um, of course, and then he took over Everton, who were in a relegation battle. Did well there in his first, you know, first few months. Managed to keep them up, which was, you know, his job essentially. And but then couldn't really take them on any further and got sacked earlier this season. And now he's, excuse me, he's come into this um, like unique job really yeah. um, on an in, on an interim basis to, to a Chelsea side that's completely disjointed and the lowest we've ever seen them on confidence. Um, and yeah, I mean, those last three jobs have been very difficult jobs. And he was asked last week if he'd consider it, you know, um, how difficult the job would be before taking it. And he said, yeah, he said he, he has learned that he's perhaps rushed into jobs when um, he shouldn't have. So it will be really interesting to see what he uh, what he gets next. It's, I think it's harsh to judge him on, you know, this interim job because, like I just said, the the way you came into a squad, you know, a big squad of like 30 players and I'd imagine relatively big egos. They're all, they're all good players. They're all international players, most of them. So to like be leaving, like he's got to leave like two or three full internationals out of a match day squad mm-hmm. because of how big, how many players they've got. So it's a very, very difficult job. And obviously the fact that he's a club legend probably makes it even harder because, you know, you, there's that, risk of your reputation being tarnished I don't think it necessarily will be because Chelsea fans no matter what you think of Lampard as a manager they he's still going to be a club icon forever for what he's won with the club as a player um, but yeah it, it's difficult and I don't, I, I don't doubt that he'll be able to get a job after it'll be be interesting to see if it's a Premier League job because you know he, the last the last two permanent jobs anyway I'm not going to count this but um, he hasn't done a particularly amazing job mm. at the end anyway, and he ended up being sacked. So it'll be really interesting to see, definitely. Yeah. Um, so I guess we should pick up with the Pochettino news um, and what he could bring to Chelsea. Obviously, there's um, been reports this week that he wants to keep Mason Mount, um, who could potentially leave this summer. Um, due to his contract situation at the club, with talks proven unsuccessful so far. Um, obviously, the squad, like you said, it's a huge squad. It needs trimming down. Chelsea are looking to sell quite a few players. Um, and there was also reports that Pochettino wants a new goalkeeper, central midfielder and striker. So so where do you think Poch starts? Do you think he looks at the squad, assesses it uh, straight away and then picks out who he wants to keep from there? Um, do you think he t- looks at the Mount contract situation or, or what are your views on his appointment, potential appointment and what he could bring to the club? Yeah, I, th- I think he's got to start with, you know, sort of identifying the players who he wants because there's a lot of players now who are either going into the final two years of a deal in the last year of a deal or even up in the summer. Like Kante's situation has not been sorted yet. We, we keep getting told that both parties are confident, but you know, mm. there's been no agreement yet. So, so the more time that rumbles on, then you, you start to doubt, but I'm sure it will be done. Um, but yeah, like I, I'd say, you know, Chelsea have got this recruitment team now who 
no doubt would have been would have been mulling over over it for months of the sort of players they want to keep and want to sell or loan next season because they're going to need to get rid of you know ten plus players easy. Um, so yeah, it'll be interesting to see how much of a say Pochettino has in that. Uh, I'd imagine he'd want quite a bit, and I'm again I don't know this for sure, but like I imagine that's why negotiations are taking this long because there's a lot of things to sort out, and the way Chelsea are run with a big board. They've got a lot of people on their board. They've got a lot of people in the recruitment team. I, I'm sure Pochettino would be asking for assurances over sort of his role in things. I know that's what he wanted at Tottenham. Um, but yeah, like you say, Mason Mount, he supposedly really likes him. Um, so that'd be interesting to see. I, I imagine Mount has a big respect for him as well and what he's done. Mm-hmm. So that could be something that, you know, either persuades Mount to compromise a bit or perhaps you know um Pochettino will be able to persuade the club to sort of pay Mount what he wants and give him you know the contract length he wants and stuff like that so I don't think yeah I don't think the Mount stuff's done yet um I think I think you're right Pochettino stuff does have a lot to do with it um what do I think the appointment I think I think it makes sense on paper I think if you want a long-term if you've got a long-term project and you want the, ma- the right manager to lead it, then I think Pochettino has proven that he can be something like that. He, he got Tottenham playing really good football. Um, he sort of built this ident- identity with like a young English core at Spurs. Um, then he got the best out of like Deli Alley, who has, you know, we haven't seen anything like that level from him since Pochettino left. He, um, he obviously brought Song Hyun into the club and um, got him playing some of his best football. Obviously, Harry Kane as well. Uh, and yeah, he, he made that Spurs team really, you know, like a really attractive team to watch. And obviously, got them to a Champions League final and lost that to Liverpool. And then, in my opinion, was harshly sacked a few months later. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I, I think on paper it makes sense. It's just, it's just whether or not the Chelsea board are going to, you know, going to give him time if, because it ain't going to happen quickly. It's going to be. We saw with Graham Potter, it's gonna there's gonna be tough times, and they didn't, even though they kept telling everyone, they kept briefing that Potter was the man, um, and they backed him 100. percent We obviously saw in what was it April that he was sacked, and sort of you know everything they said sort of just proved not to be true. So it, mm. if, it, if they're gonna appoint Pochettino, they're gonna they're gonna have to fully back him. They're gonna have to fully invest in him, and yeah, I mean. I think personally, my opinion, I think he'll do well, but it, 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 it's such a difficult job and it, it's going to, going to take years before Chelsea are you know, anywhere near the level Pochettino would want them to be. Yeah, I think, like you said, it, it it will be a long-term process and I think it has to start this summer with with clearing out the, the players that they don't see a long-term future for. Um, I think that's the only way that they're going to build relationships between the players trust with the manager and sort of get that core group that pot shown at spurs can can take a club a, a, a long way um like to a champions league final for example so i think it will take time like it did under potter and obviously that didn't work out but i think pochettino comes with a pedigree obviously he's won in france with psg he's handled superstar names before in neymar messi mbappe so he's got that experience. He's got the experience in the Premier League. He's reached finals before. 
Um, obviously, there is the question mark over over the lack of trophies, but I think he has all the qualities to be able to turn this Chelsea side into a, into a winning side again. Um, and I suppose he'll be looking on with a lot of interest at how Lampard is dealing with the players, with the squad, what opportunities given to to the likes of Madueke, who I think would thrive under Poch, a young English talent. Uh, same with Badia Schiele, a young defensive talent from France. Um, and I suppose we look to now the Nottingham Forest game at Stamford Bridge to see whether Chelsea build on their win over Bournemouth. Um, so what? how do you see the result going? Um, do you see any changes to the team or do you think Frank Lampard will stick with the same 11? Uh, oh, it's hard. I don't... Like, I don't... Obviously, the injury to Ben Chilwell looks like he's going to be out for um, probably the rest of the season, but we don't mm. know that yet. We'll hear more from Lampard tomorrow, I'm sure he'll tell us. Yeah. Um, so he's likely to, you know, not be in the squad. I think it'll be interesting to see what he does. I left back, Kukurea still out. Uh, looks like Lewis Hall um, is going to take some part. I saw a lot of, well, speculation, but um, in the news on Twitter, basically saying that uh, Lewis Hall was going to get called up to England under 20 squad to, um, today, but Chelsea blocked that because they wanted him to play between now and the end of the season. So that looks promising for him. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think I think he'd probably come in. Be interested to see if he goes for a back three. Um, knowing how good Forest have been on the counter attack recently, and uh, whenever Chelsea play a back four, they always look sort of susceptible to a um, teams breaking on them, and they look a lot more solid when they go with a black with a back three. So he might go for that, but then it's probably a bit more defensive, and you know he will want his team to play on the front foot. Kind of like they did against Bournemouth. I thought I thought they did that well. I wasn't sure whether they'd be cautious, just you know, going into the game losing six in a row. But they they were quite positive. So I think I think the general shape of it should be the same, um, like the sort of four three three, Madueke and Mudrick. Definitely Madueke. Um, might he might play Sterling because Sterling did quite well when he came on. The other day, mm. which we haven't seen much of recently, he did really well to set up uh, Felix's goal, and obviously, yeah, Felix as well. I mean, came on and scored, so he he may even be given a chance. He could go in instead of Havertz. It that's the thing with with this Chelsea squad; it's just so difficult to predict. Yeah, what Lampard's going to do, and um, I mean, when, when we see the team news, it's always it's always like two or three players you think, oh right, he's playing when you wouldn't have expected it. So. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. I think Forest have been. They've, they. I haven't seen too much. I'm not gonna lie, but they've been decent against some of the bigger sides. I saw that they played really well at Anfield the other week against Liverpool, and they obviously beat them in the um, reverse game at the City Ground. And like I said, they're they're a really good counter attacking team. They've got some good attackers in Brennan Johnson, Morgan Gibbs White, some really good form. Yeah, um, Chelsea will have to be careful and. I don't imagine the atmosphere will be too good. It's, you know, end of season. Chelsea have literally nothing to play for now because they're mathematically safe. Yeah. Um, if they can sort of generate an atmosphere with like some early pressure, that'd be great because there's nothing Stamford Bridge would love more than that because they haven't seen enough of it this season. Um, and obviously off the back of a win, Frank Lampard would be wanting to, you know, get back-to-back wins. And I think this game as well is important because 
on paper it's the easiest because um, after that they they've got back to back trips to Manchester to play both City and United, and then they've got Newcastle at home on the last day. Which you know Newcastle have been brilliant this season, and they're more than likely going to be playing for something on the final day of the season. So there is a chance to be negative. There is a chance that Chelsea lose all three of those games, so they'll be wanting to get mm. you know, three points against Forest. But it'll be difficult, and um, yeah, it'll be it'll be really difficult. It's a difficult one to predict. I think it will be. I think both teams will score. I think Chelsea will probably edge it. I'll go two one to Chelsea. Cool. Well, we saw with with the Forest Southampton game that seven goal thriller. Um, they're not giving up on their on their relegation fight to stay in the Premier League. Um, and Chelsea could still play a hand in the title race and the top four race as well as the relegation battle. So, so you'd like to think that Lampard will be able to. He's spoken a lot about pride and playing for the badge. Um, so we'd like to think that Chelsea would put in a performance and and try and get an, a. a second consecutive win heading into those tough three fixtures to end the season like you said um but yeah i, I can see forest being a real threat through brennan johnson and, and morgan gibbs white as well um awanie as well up front has been has been in the goals lately um so yeah we'll just see if if chelsea have enough um to to deal with that on, on the occasion because forest are going to be right up for it yeah i think it's interesting as well because forest um, I've played a back three a lot as well, so Lampard might want to set up with a three up front, as in a four-three-three or something, and just try and combat that because <clears throat> Steve Cooper, when he's he's quite a defensive-minded manager, especially in the Premier League, um, he might want to go for a back three, back five, essentially to you know stop Chelsea and just look to hit them on the counter attack. I was talking to um, a man earlier today who's uh, who covers Nottingham Forest, and that's what he was saying. He was saying that it's going to be obvious what they're going to try and do. They're just going to, they, they do it to pretty much every team, whether whether or not, you know, they're higher or lower than the table. So that's what they'll try and do. And Chelsea have got to be careful. That's why I could see them potentially packing the midfield yeah. and putting, um, you know, Conor Gallagher in there, uh, Enzo Fernandez, either Kovacic or um, Loftus-Cheek or whatever. But, I could see him doing that to try and stop the counter and just telling his players to be a bit more disciplined because there were, even though Chelsea largely controlled the game at Bournemouth, there were a few times where the ball would be turned over and they would look very vulnerable at the back. I think set pieces could be a big threat for Forrest as well. Obviously, we saw in the game at Anfield the long throws coming into the box and I think Gibbs White scored off one of them. Um, so it would be yeah. interesting to see if Lampard does go with more height in Loftus-Cheek Obviously, Badi Ashilo, we're we're expecting to start at the back, um, but he could go obviously with Havertz and that height over Felix again, just to help defend those set pieces as well. Um, but I'm sure it would be an exciting game, um, one that we hope Chelsea will will look to to go at. And, and like you said, like the season, there's not much to play for left for them, but but they want to end the season strong and, and show the incoming manager, which we believe will be Pochettino that this the players are playing for their future um so yeah we'll both be at the game on Saturday um I appreciate you taking the time to speak to us today on view from the bridge um and yeah let's see uh see how Chelsea get on against Forest on Saturday afternoon <laughs>